So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where we help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing profits and breaking through limiting beliefs if you would like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of the podcast and to see any visual references mentioned on air today head on over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind benhartley.com forward slash mastermind join close to twenty thousand other photographers in that community who are getting early access to every episode of the podcast and free workshops today we have with us tanya smith Tanya graduated with a degree in graphic design from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. I think she called it like Fitivive. I don't know. Yeah, Fitum. There it is. Back in 2004, she's worked for 20 years as a graphic designer and art director for brands like HP, Guess, Universal Studios Hollywood. Found a niche in dentistry, over 100 dentists nationwide. And after one particular encounter, she spent over eight hours a day searching for the right stock photo for a local dentist. She had this curiosity. I wonder, like, is there a better way? Like, why don't we just do a custom photo shoot for this? We spent eight hours. And this is where Work Story Creative was born. Uh, Workstory offers what she wished she had at her disposal for small business clients so many years ago. It's an alternative to generic stock photography. And so uh, this is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about B2B, how to price, how to license commercial photography just like Tanya does with Workstory Creative. But, which, by the way, outside of her client work with Workstory Creative, Workstory is also, uh, there's Workstory Education. She is a talented educator ambassador over at SLR Lounge. And so we have such a blessing to have Tanya here. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes. Man, so uh, 100 dentists. That's a lot of dentists. How did you find the niche of dentistry uh, kind of come to you for your commercial side of things? Well, I got a job right out of college at a dental practice marketing firm. So um, they created actually print newsletters for the dentist clients, like once a quarter. Mm -hmm. It was like content marketing before Facebook. Okay, got <laughs> it. You know, it'd be less, like a customized printed newsletter, really beautiful in color, sent to all their patients and sometimes used as a direct mail campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we I would design a lot of articles and we used you know, the same stock photo over and over again for every one of these dentists all over the country. And then they'd want to feature their staff or something, you know, on the cover and they'd send us these terrible snapshots with the, you know, an old digital camera from back in the day Yeah, and they're all yellow and grainy. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Or sometimes they want us to design a billboard or something. And I'm like, you want to put this horrible photo, like larger than life in your city. Uh, <laughs> so we would suggest like go hire a photographer. And even then sometimes, well, every time it's like the wrong angle, the wrong lens, still poor lighting. So that's kind of where I got my start working with dentists, I guess. Yeah. And um, when I started my own agency, dentists are just kind of in that ideal client 
space where they yeah. need photos of their office and their team. So Absolutely. it's a good place to be. Oh, I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> and they have money. <laughs> Typically. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Typically. Yeah. Uh, this is so fun. Yeah. So I, a similar kind of, uh, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm, I mostly focus in the B2C space, right? So mm-hmm. weddings and portraiture, but before I ever was a photographer, I also worked at a design agency, but we did more cool. video side of things, some interior oh, nice. uh, graphic design, web design. And I remember being an intern there before I actually was getting paid. I remember being an intern there and I needed to make, uh, like a mock-up proposal for some company in Toledo. I couldn't even remember the company. And they're like, Ben, you could go hop on some stock website. And Tanya, I just remember having the same experience of just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, looking for uh, some stock image to use mm-hmm. for this proposal. Um, but the story gets really funny because <laughs> to me, not to them, because I didn't know any better. And I'm on some stock site and this image was 10 credits. I'm like, sure, 10 credits, that's great. Okay, I'll buy this image for 10 credits. Now, uh, within the next 30 minutes, I get called into my boss's office and he's like, Ben, did you just spend $1,000 on that stock image for this proposal for a client we don't even have? Like, this is just like a pitch. And I was like, no, I spent 10 credits. He's like, those were $100 a credit. Anyhow, and I just remember thinking, why didn't we just go like, make this session why do if if i'm already spending this much so wild so that's funny because my internship i spent looking for stock photos too it was at an ad agency in hollywood and i would go through and find what i thought matched the description send them to the art director and half the time they're like no we need a fatter santa or (laughs) we need a a jollier santa i'm like what does that even mean uh so anyway yeah i spent a lot of time on my internship doing that that's, as well. that's like, wild. So. This will be something that I, I don't want to spend too much time on because I really do want to get into the licensing side of things and pricing, but is um, stock photography a part of your business model? Is that something that you do with your imagery is, is also upload them or do you tend to keep things more exclusive licensing for individuals and companies? I've dabbled in stock, like trying to sell it. And I mean, I think I've made maybe a hundred bucks in my lifetime Mm -hmm. on iStock or whatever. Uh, I think you have to do that as a full-time job. Like you have to have thousands and thousands of photos in that space to compete, Mm -hmm. at least from what I've found, Uh, you know, so a lot of the stock companies, that's what they do. Like, you know, they bring models in, they create photos exclusively for stock. So, Mm. I mean, technically I have the copyright to any photo I produce for my clients, unless they have bought a, you know, a total buyout, but I wouldn't go put, you know, this, these service providers photos on stock, you know, stock or Getty, because I have, I would have to have an exclusive model release from them for that each site. Usually, you know, I stock Getty. Those are the two I'm most familiar with. They want you to have their model release signed. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird to like ask my client, Hey, can I resell your photos with your face on it? Like, I just don't, do that. So yeah. it seems like you're there. There's like a, uh, you've got a focus. There's a long-term mm-hmm. play that you're not, you're, you're not going to pass over dollars to pick up pennies. You're thinking yeah. long-term, this client is going to pay me so much more. Uh, if I maintain an incredible relationship, create right. incredible imagery just for them rather than like, well, maybe I can make a couple hundred bucks, you know, mm-hmm. over the, the yeah. next 12 months. Yeah. Um, well, it so, takes so much time to yeah. upload them and you have to keyword them and everything. So I just don't waste my time with that. But you're right. Like most of my clients hire me every year to update their photos. And so to me, that relationship is important. And I focus a lot of my time on building and maintaining those relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I've already thrown out a few uh, buzzwords. You know, I've I've mentioned (laughs) B2B. I've mentioned B2C. Uh, maybe let's start with there defining these two spaces. And I'd love to hear from you, Tanya, how, how are they different? And we'll focus in kind of like the, the pricing and like the offering, like what the actual product and service Mm -hmm. is as an end result for each of them. Um, so let's start with just defining these terms and then let's get into some differences. Okay. So, well, business to consumer, obviously is, you know, I'm a business, I would be selling my product or service to a consumer. That's not another business, right? Just someone who wants it for themselves, put it on their wall, 
that kind of thing as a photographer. And then business to business would be like we're talking about um, me as the photographer to a dentist, someone who's going to use it for commercial gain. Mm. I think that's the biggest um, differentiator, right? A person who's buying a photo for their wall or their album is just going to look at it and enjoy it. Maybe share it with their family. A commercial usage is to take that asset, uh, you know, visual asset and use it to make more money. Yeah. So yeah, that's a commercial usage, I guess, explanation that's as awesome. well. That's super clear. So um, I think many of the listeners are generally familiar with the B2C side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us are, you know, we're photographing for families and, uh, or maybe, or for, for weddings or for portraiture. And in most cases, when we're selling that, there is, again, in most cases, there's kind of like a one-time exchange. There's a, they pay me for the service and for the product, and then I deliver that. And then it's their images, you know, assuming that they have some sort of digital rights to those photographs that, you know, Mm -hmm. then they have those files or they have those prints and and they can do with them, you know, generally what Mm -hmm. they would like apart from sell them, you know? Right. So with B to to B, we we start having more of a conversation around licensing and things start to like change pretty rapidly at this point in terms of like what our product, what our service is and like ways to make money with it. Mm -hmm. And so can you expand on a bit more of that side of the space? Sure. Yeah. So for me, I have two different kinds of clients. One is that local small business. I kind of treat them a little like a portrait client in that I'm not going to give them this big bid with all this breakdown of what I'm charging them for. Cause they just want to know, you know, I need pictures. How much is it going to cost? <laughs> so I do kind of have a little bit of a hybrid model in how I sell that to them. Yeah. Um, although I do sell upfront, I don't really usually do sales afterwards unless they want more than what we deliver, but we could talk about that later. So anyway, um, then there's the, the more traditional commercial side where like an ad agency would call me and say, Hey, we're looking for this and this and this for this client. Could you send us a bid or a quote for what this would cost? And so in that instance, I would usually show line items. I would charge for my time for, you know, the day or days that it would take for my assistance time, maybe for gear rental, Um, do we need to find models? Uh, are there going to be sets built? I mean, I've never done anything that big, but they're all questions to ask, right? Like, do I need to find the location? I would bill for time to find the location. Um, and so that would all be billed for my time. And then there would be a separate, um, charge for the licensing of the photos. And that can depend on a lot of different things, like the size of the company, how, big of a reach is it going to be, you know, is it going to be all over the world or just here in Spokane, Washington, where people yeah. are going to see it? Uh, how, you know, is it a bazillion dollar company or, you know, one that's making a million dollars a year or something smaller? Um, are they going to use it on a billboard or in a magazine on a book cover on social media, a web um, that's usually called rights managed uh, license where they only get to use it for certain things and for a certain amount of time. And that's been kind of the traditional commercial licensing. And then there's something called royalty free where they pay one fee, you give them the image and they can use it pretty much in any way that you've defined in your license, usually, you know, wherever they want. Um, And then there's a total buyout where they buy the copyright from you and then you've given up your rights to use the images at all yourself and they can do whatever they want with them. So those are kind of the three different licensing types yeah. within commercial photography. Okay. Wow. So we have a lot to cover here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, like, um, I see this question pop up all the time in Facebook communities. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know, my, uh, my old job, <laughs> my old office, <laughs> right. they're wanting, um, someone to come through and take headshots and some like, uh, environmental portraits of everyone at work kind of like doing their task how much should I charge? Mm-hmm. And it seems like for you, what you're saying is you need to take into consideration what are the expectations behind the session. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems like there's a, like a whole lot more that can get into this, like that you can actually build for. So you're saying like you're looking at like the uh, hiring models, renting gear, location scouting, all these things. This is, is this all expected uh, fees? 
Um, well, usually not with the small businesses, right? That's mostly who I work with. You know, they just want some headshots. They want some pictures of their business, maybe some interaction, you know, creating custom kind of stock photos for them. And I, like I said, I usually don't list all of that stuff, but I just have a conversation with them because you never know, you know, maybe they're like, oh, we want to go to the top of a mountain and do our photos. (laughs) So, you know, I have a series of questions to ask them just to make sure. And for the most part, my small business clients all want the same thing. So I just have a, I have a price. Here's what you get. I'll help you plan the session and we do it. Mm -hmm. So for the small businesses, that works really well, but I think it's important to know the other stuff because I have had bigger companies come to me and they needed some of those things, Yeah, you know, help finding the models. Um, We had to go out, you know, I had one shoot for the housing authority. We had to shoot 11 properties and they wanted models in there, like doing stuff (laughs) in the pictures. So I had to like coordinate all of that, go look at all the properties make sure I had the right lighting gear for all the situations. Um, And then they just, they let me take over. Like I didn't have a employee following me around. I just went and did the shoot. And so that was a big job. You know, if I would, if they would have just said, we need, you know, 20 pictures, how much is it going to cost? And I told them what I would normally charge for a two hour session with 20 images. That was like a three day project. Right. So you have to ask the questions before you can just tell somebody, how much it's going to cost for 20 pictures. It's totally different. Yeah. Right? So, so this gets to something interesting. I think not all, but many, many business to consumer, again, family portrait wedding photographers, there is just like the, you know, sure. Let me send over my rates. This is how much it is. Mm-hmm. This is, it starts mm-hmm. at this and there's like a little bit of range here. That's how many, not all operate. And so it seems like that's a very quick way to get yourself into a sticky situation yeah, when yeah. you're selling commercial photography, uh, right. like that you could, uh, dramatically underprice yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So I have like an inquiry form on my website and whenever someone inquires, I always schedule a call with them okay. just to ask them, you know, ask the questions, uh, even though they, you know, kind of filled out what they were interested in on my form. I just want to hear from that. You know, who are you? What exactly do you need? And then I can kind of assess. What are some of those critical diagnosing questions that you try to ask? And and listen, I'm not asking you to like Mm -hmm. go word for word through your whole script, but just like, are there a couple questions that are like, Hey, historically, these have been really valuable and important questions to ask a lead in order to better understand how to price them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to have this whole script and everything, but now I just, basically if I just say, Hey, tell me about your business and Mm -hmm. why do you want photos? And then they just tell me everything. Usually, you know, like if, if they're not very, I don't know, elaborative, I just, you know, we'll start to ask those questions. Well, about how many photos do you need? Where are you going to use them? Um, Do you, do you envision us bringing in some models to show what you want to communicate, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I mean, we usually get more into that deep dive once they booked me and I do this whole strategy uh, session with them. But yeah, I just kind of want to find out, you know, how big of a company are you? Where do you want to use these? Um, and kind of decide, you know, could this be a two to four hour shoot or is it going to be something more elaborate? And then ask more questions. But like I said, for the most part, the small businesses all want the same thing. And I've gotten to that point now where they can tell me a few things yeah. and I'll just know, Oh, this is what you need. Yeah. So, so we, you've mentioned this a few times here, um, kind of like this idea of we'll, we'll do air quotes, small business. Cause I think that word <laughs> yeah. also like right. some people think a million dollars is a small business. Right. And some people think 10 million is a small business. Mm-hmm. Some people think a hundred million is a small business. Yeah. Some people think 30,000 right. is a small. So, yeah. so let's maybe, um, uh, get a little bit more clear of what that is uh, sure. in terms of what, how you would define a small business. We'll, yeah. we'll start with that. Okay. So I actually think the small business administration defines a small business as like 25 million and under, okay, which yeah. is crazy. That's right. So, tiny. so yeah. <laughs> so, but for me, for the most part, you know, a service based business that has, you know, I don't know, five to 10 employees or a, a life coach or someone who just basically works by themselves with maybe an assistant. Um, those are kind of the two that I find most need my service. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean the bigger corporations do too, but I run into like either they have an in-house photographer or they work with a third party, like advertising agency who has a photographer 
or that kind of thing, or, or their marketing department is in Seattle, even though the hospital's in Spokane. So I've had a hard time getting in with those bigger clients. And I actually prefer working with the smaller businesses because I'm usually working with one person, either the marketing person or the owner. And as a designer, when I was working with these huge brands, I hated it. There's like 10 different people who have to approve it. Like, no one can agree on it. They're sending me 500 changes. <laughs> you know, there's all these miscommunications. So I actually prefer working with those smaller kind of micro hometown <laughs> yeah. businesses or the online business, right? They need a lot of photos because they're selling a virtual thing, yeah. you know? So they really have to show a lot of imagery to tell their story online. So one of the values to working with a business like that, a, a personal brand, a two to three employee type of a mm-hmm. situation is you do tend to get access to the owner or the person who uh, can see bigger picture, can see right. like the value in what you're doing. Even, even mm-hmm. if the revenue is a little lower, they can see the value in it. Right. And, and then are willing to many times pay more. So mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't have this big corporation, but you're talking to like, you know, someone 20, we'll, we'll use the analogy of a ladder, yeah. 20 rungs <laughs> right. down the ladder. Who's just like, I don't know what my monthly budget is like, and you know, yeah. they just don't care. They don't see right. the value in it. Right. Yeah. Or even I've had where the marketing person contacts me, they're like, we really need good photos. I love your work. I want to hire you. But then the four steps above them, the CEO is like, why do we have to spend this much money on photos? Can't you just take some with your phone? So that person doesn't see the value that like a marketing mind would, you know, they're like, we need better visual assets. How just like I was when I was a graphic designer, how am I supposed to use this crappy photo? (laughs) So that's been a challenge with those bigger companies as well. So uh, but I, you know, I'm open if someone contacts me and I tell them how much yeah. it's going to be and they want to hire me, I'll do it. So, but for the most part, I like working with those smaller businesses. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you found kind of your lane in that. I want to mm-hmm. talk uh, a bit about the different options, uh, that are available for licensing and, oh, sure. and if it's an exhaustive list, I'm sure there's always customization that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, for what I've gathered from you, there's kind of like three options and then please correct me and add in or, or delete what I've, what I've suggested here, but it sounds like there's a few options. One being a rights managed option, which is a use of the images that you're going to provide, but it's limited by time and placement, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be, a, well, you've got a year right to this image for mm-hmm. a billboard, or you have a one month right to this image for a Facebook ad, something like yeah. that. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's important to know this because I mean, this has never happened to me, but it can happen to you. (laughs) If someone comes to you and they're like, we want to use this photo to manufacture like a calendar and we're going to sell it all over the United States and Canada and Mexico or whatever. And it's going to be on, you know, 5 billion products or something. If you just sold that to them for 200 bucks, like that is not fair to you as a photographer at all. So that's where the rights managed would come in. And Um, it's also important to know like, okay, you're going to have the license for this for one year to use on this calendar, but I still have the right to sell it to this other guy to put on mugs or whatever, you know? So that's where you get into the licensing of fine art photography or landscape photography or something like that, which I have some resources for that. If anyone's interested in learning more about that, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a kind of another revenue avenue you could take. Okay. With licensing photography. So, but you know, same thing. If a hospital says we want to use this in our ad campaign for a year uh, exclusively, because you could do that too. You could license something exclusively for a year and then after the year is over, license it to someone else. So mm-hmm. that's where the rights managed, you know, it gives them a little more exclusivity or, um, but you don't necessarily have to sell the copyright. Yeah. Just giving someone a license to use it for a certain amount of time. Could you help me to ground this and the listeners to ground this by maybe wrapping it around like a real world example, something that someone could like look at in the wild and be like, oh, that makes sense. I, I don't know why. For some reason, my brain keeps wanting to go to like the way that different shows get like moved around. Maybe maybe TV is not the right angle, but I'd love if the, if I could oh, yeah. try to get grounded with like a real world example of, of how this would play out. Yeah. So actually streaming of television shows is a perfect example. So uh, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, Amazon or whatever. So you'll notice sometimes like this one TV show is only on Netflix and then it's gone 
and now it's on Hulu. <laughs> so they are purchasing a right to use it uh, for a certain amount of time to stream that show. Yeah. Uh, and then from a licensing standpoint, so actors like Jerry Seinfeld or whatever, <laughs> whenever a show is syndicated anywhere in the world, he gets a certain percentage or a certain amount of money every time that show is aired. Mm. So that is a licensing fee basically, or they probably try to call it something else in, yeah. in the, uh, you know, case, but yeah. yeah. So if you license an image, well, that, you know, that's what, I don't, I think that would be called something else. That would be a royalty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, you know, for, if every time this book covers printed, you yeah. could get a certain amount of money. So that's another, that's another one. Licensing is complicated. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's a perfect example of, you know, I can't just take Seinfeld and stream it somewhere myself because I don't have the right to do that. So those television channels have to pay for that right to use it. Yeah. Same thing with a commercial photo. Uh, could I, I'm going to say a prayer that Netflix gets, gets, they relicense the right to put the office back on Netflix because (laughs) I I need this in my life. Uh, I need this. Okay, cool. So then the other one, and this is where I got a little confused. You're going to have to help me out here. Royal between royalty free and a total buyout. So I understood you said, okay, so royalty free is, is where it's not determined by time or or like where it goes. It seemed like they could use it in any way for any Mm -hmm. duration of time. But I felt like that was a similar thing to a total buyout. But help me understand the difference between a total buyout and royalty free. Yeah. So stock photography websites are a perfect example of this. So if I uploaded my photo to Getty Images, anyone could buy it and use, and they would get a royalty free usage license. So royalty free means they pay one price for it. I get paid for it and I don't get money for every usage of it, but anyone can buy it. So if it was a total buyout, let's say um, Amazon or whatever wants to buy my photo to use Mm. on the cover of their website and they don't want anyone else in the world to be able to use it and they don't want me to have any rights to it anymore. So I couldn't put it on my website. I couldn't resell it to anyone. Um, They would own the copyright to that photo. Got it. And they could, they could resell it too. If they own the copyright, they could resell it. Wow. So that's another stipulation. uh, Okay. Like as the copyright holder, you can do whatever you want with it still, unless you have an exclusive usage, like with the rights manage, you know, if you're licensing it to someone exclusively for a year, you wouldn't be able to license it to someone else for that time. So there was someone so, so much <laughs> kind of confusing. But. I can't, there was a name on the podcast. I forget actually now, but I'm blanking. There was someone on the podcast actually. This is how his career got started. He kind of had it big where Canon came to him and was like, We want to do a total bio of this image and use it for like, I think it was like being used to like market their whole brand. It kind of became like mm-hmm. a more or less the face of the company for a little while. Right. And, uh, and it really launched him on his career because it was such a That's big awesome. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of like struck gold with that. But then the image couldn't be used anywhere else. Right. It was exciting. Exclusively yeah. used by that brand. Mm-hmm. Okay, th- yeah. thank you. That makes sense. Okay, so yeah, that's a perfect example. So now so. I want to go back here a little bit because you've mentioned uh, a few times here that you've kind of discovered many small businesses uh, that there's kind of like this uh, set of options that they really prefer. That you've discovered mm-hmm. many small businesses value, and you've you've been able to kind of like. Uh, I don't know if it's like package that in a really clean way. Do you mind discussing what you've discovered most small businesses value when it comes to commercial photography? Sure. Yeah. So of course there's the headshot, you know, and I'll get, sometimes I get inquiries. They're like, we need headshots. So then I get them on the phone. I'm like, tell me what you mean about headshots. Cause sometimes they're like, well, we want you to come take pictures of our office and our team and people in action. I'm like, well, that's going to be, a branding photography package, but sometimes they just want headshots. I just did a shoot uh, last week. It was eight people. They each got a headshot and we did a group shot mm-hmm. of the people, you know, and that one doesn't need any pre-planning, anything like that. So I just charge like by the person or by the photo that they get for that one. So that's easy. Um, and I turn a lot of those down. If it's only like one person, I'll be like, just go to my friend's studio over here they'll get you because <laughs> I, I go on location. So for me to take all my stuff and set it up for one guy is not worth my time. <laughs> so, and then the other one would be like you said that, you know, kind of package where they just want 10 photos for their website. 
Uh, and that, so that would be one. Um, they're getting kind of a small set of photos. Maybe it's just one location at their office. And then the bigger one would be usually the coaches, um, those online businesses, they want tons of photos for their social media. So maybe it's more of kind of like a five to six hour thing. We're going to several locations. Um, and then they want all the pictures for the website. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of have a like, take it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and yeah. with those, what are, what is the licensing agreements that you're then providing for them? Is it a rights managed thing where they like for the, in the, for the last example you gave, maybe like a coach or a personal brand and you're mm -hmm. doing a longer session, lots of locations, they're getting all the images. Are you doing a rights managed? Are you doing a royalty free? Are you doing a total buyout? How are you offering that? Yeah. So I usually just give them a royalty free license with their, and I reserve the right to use them in my marketing. Okay. Um, and technically anything that didn't have their face in it, I could resell as stock photography. I, like I said before, it's not worth, not <laughs> really worth my time, but, and I do that just because I don't want to police the usage of their images. Mm. Um, you know, maybe if I was a bigger agency or had, you know, I don't know. I mean, traditionally, that's how photographers made their money in commercial was with the licensing. Yeah. So it's kind of controversial. A lot of, you know, the older photographers are like, well, you're losing money by not charging them every year to renew. But on the other hand, for me as a graphic designer, we always look for royalty free. We were like, we don't want to pay a fee every year to use these photos. And I just feel like they paid me to make these photos for them. I'm going to give them to them. And then, like I said, they hire me the next year to create new ones. So uh, I feel like that's the trend. That's the way things are going, at least for this smaller size of business. Yeah. Um, for a bigger business, I, I might explore the option of like, hey, you can only use this in these certain amount of ways. If you want to use it more, you can charge more because that's, that's what you're selling is the right to use the photo. So yeah. you can use that as leverage to get more money. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Can we role play for a second? Uh, sure. <laughs> because I want to play out a situation that I had someone reach out to me about Okay. and I, I gave my best thoughts on it, but I also owned that this is not my area of focus. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was just a fascinating scenario. So here's <laughs> what somebody messaged me. This is someone who's normally in the B2C space. They're a family photographer. They do portraiture, that kind of stuff. Well, for fun, they went out and created this really cool like Star Wars scene. Uh, they had people dress up, kind of cosplay in Star Wars attire, and they, they created some incredible imagery in a couple locations. Mm -hmm. Somehow, the people at Lucasfilms came across these images. They loved the location that was going on and they and how it was brought oh. to life by the characters, mm -hmm. and they reached out to this photographer to do uh, like a few days sessions with characters uh, in them in order for location scouting for a future film. Okay. Oh, cool. Pretty wild, right? I'm like, yeah. she, she's like, I don't know what this happened. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, because um, they loved the locations. They loved the scene. Mm -hmm. They loved how it all came to life. And it really, uh, it just made it all very real. And so she's like, what do I charge for this? <laughs> so Tanya. We have you here. What would be your first step in this in this scenario where it's not a small business, it's definitely a large corporation. We know the pockets are deep, but mm -hmm. but also who who knows? What is your first step here? Yeah, so I don't have any experience with that. I would probably call like a producer or someone who does have some experience in bidding for that and you might have to pay them something to do that for you, but there are places that will like negotiate on your behalf for you. So with Lucasfilm, definitely I would be like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this. That's probably what I would do. So wonderful machine is one. Okay. There's great. several other, you know, you can just Google commercial photographer, producer. Um, there are agents as well. You can, you know, get a, an agent to find commercial work for you mm -hmm. on like that bigger scale with the bigger brands. Um, I haven't gone that direction because I don't live near a city that would normally use an agent to find a photographer. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to drive to Seattle all the time or fly to LA or whatever. So that's just my personal, you know, because of my lifestyle, I have little kids. I don't want to be traveling around, but that's yeah. an option. If you really want to get into commercial photography, like doing stuff for Nike or um, Lucasfilm or, you know, all those 
or big magazines, um, sometimes an agent is the way to go. Okay. This is, I love find, this. Yeah. They'll help you find jobs. They'll negotiate for you the prices. And then you just go do the work. Yeah. Well, this is fast, <laughs> so, fascinating. Cause this is, I think is something that I didn't even realize that was a service that was, that existed out there. Yeah. Go hire someone to, uh, to, um, Oh, what was the word you use? Negotiate on your, on, yeah, on negotiate price. For you. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what was the name that you recommended? What was the option? Uh, it's called wonderful machine. Okay. I think it's just wonderfulmachine.com. They do, um, production or yeah, they are producer. So they could, you know, find the locations, find the models and then, you know, or they can, uh, yeah, do estimates for you. Mm-hmm. I think they also do like commercial, like website reviews, you know, yeah. they, they kind of like tell you, Hey, this would be better for your portfolio or whatever. So wow. that's for more of the tr- traditional commercial stuff, not as much of the mom and pop stores and, <laughs> and life coaches that I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of um, neat though to see the full yeah. spectrum there. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you've already mentioned that this is a, uh, this can get kind of complicated. Licensing can be a complicated <laughs> thing. It has lots of different avenues for it. Mm-hmm. Are there any recommend recommendations that you have for, um, for like a, a, a commercial photography, uh, lawyer, commercial photography contracts? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, that, that someone who's listening could maybe tap into. Yeah. So let's see, I think it's AMSP, the American Society of Media Photographers. I don't know. Sounds good to me. I'll have to look that one up. I can't remember. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, PPA, but it's for media photographers. Okay. They, I think they have some examples of contracts in there. Um, I have, I teach a branding photography course. I show my contracts in there. I mean, I always recommend you get it reviewed by a lawyer and because every state has different laws mm-hmm. that kind of thing um or you can just go to getty images or iStock and get their licensing contract and see what's in there right like yeah. um it will define the terms in there and your terms are going to be different based on what kind of license you're giving people sometimes like i did a job for at&t earlier this year and they sent me a contract um that i signed and that was a total buyout they wanted the, all the copyright for those images mm-hmm. and so that might be the case but you know that's very unusual i don't do a lot of jobs like that so yeah. um but yeah uh i would go look yeah start at the stock sites that's where i started learning about licensing just like go read their licensing agreement you know yeah see what's in there um and PPA might have some in there for commercial work in there. If you're a member of PPA, they usually have contracts and stuff you can check out. Okay. So awesome. Thanks oh, for another resource. place. Please. Let's see. I don't know if he has contracts there, but, uh, Rosh Sillers, do you know of him? I don't. Um, was he on friends? He... No, he's a photographer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> TV show. Yeah. So, uh, every year he publishes an article about, um, pricing trends and photography okay. and it's really focused on commercial. I mean, he does a little bit about portrait, but that's interesting to read every year. And he has a lot about licensing in there kind of descriptions and just trends that he's noticing, uh, in, as far as pricing goes. Awesome. So that's another one to check out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, a couple of last questions for you. Um, they're going to be pretty pricing specific. And I imagine that the answer is going to be, it depends. I'm still going to ask. That's <laughs> no, okay. When a single company is coming to you and they're wanting to get an understanding of a breakdown between, well, if we were going to do, you know, like a rights managed option with you, uh, you know, what would that look like versus doing a royalty free option with you versus doing a total buyout? <laughs> Right. Sure. Like, okay. is there, is there, and I know it depends, but I'm curious yeah. if there still is some, if there is any, uh, general guideline of like, well, it's usually a total buy it's a 10 X, whatever the royalty was, mm-hmm. you know, or if there is anything like that or not. Yeah, no, that's definitely traditionally how it would be. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with that. Cause like I said, the small businesses, I'm just Keep it clean. Giving them yep. the license. But um, yep. so with that, that well, you're example, selling with, them the license. Uh, you're yeah, selling, I'm them, selling the them the license. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with that bigger company, I actually made a huge mistake 
with this that I'll tell you guys about. So an ad agency called me and they were like, we need three photos for a print ad. It's going to be for um, this emergency medical services, like convention, like where firefighters and EMTs and stuff go like, who knows they had conventions, but, (laughs) and they were going to use the Spokane fire department as like the models and the location. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And so um, I gave them a quote. They wanted to know, you know, what it would be for a full buyout for those three photos. Um, I think I quoted them. Let's see. It's going to be like a two hour shoot with three photos was going to be like $2,500 or something. Mm -hmm. And so then I get to the location and like an art director came and everything. And she, they were started talking about the client and that it was AT&T. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I didn't ask who the end client was, you know? So then after that, I was like, I didn't charge enough for this. Um, so, but in the end, um, so we did the shoot, it took like an hour and a half. I gave them the three photos and later they came back and bought like six more photos. Mm -hmm. So I ended up making like $5,000 for a two hour shoot. It was like, I'm not complaining about that, but had I known, I definitely would have thought more about that pricing for that client. Yeah. So uh so yeah that's an example yeah, sure. <laughs> of what not to do yeah but. absolutely yeah absolutely so the uh uh the the i guess is there any um like how would you have done it if it was just a royalty free versus the total buyout because you said total buyout you know again you probably underbid but it was 2500 is there yeah. any is there any guideline of like well royalty free it it would be 10 times less than a total bio or yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm well, trying to see if there's maybe something I can, cause I think so often people are just like, I don't know what to do. Like yeah, it's, yeah. they want it. They want a total bio versus royalty. Free. Right. Yeah. What should I, price I think it? it depends on like, what's the opportunity cost? Because if I technically can't sell them to anyone else, it's basically the same thing. Right. Yeah. So, but in this case I could have sold them to that company and to the Spokane fire department but I could, I couldn't do that. And I couldn't put them in my portfolio either. So technically for royalty free, you could charge more because you can't sell them to anyone else and make any more money on them. Hmm. Right. So I guess it, like you said, it depends on, on what you want to offer them and how much money you want to make and the experience that you have. Right. Probably if I was Joel Grimes or something, he's going to charge hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that photo shoot. I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I, so anyway, uh, it just depends on where you're at and what your reputation is, um, and what the client's willing to pay. Yeah. Right. Like I knew they were getting bids from three other photographers. They told me that mm-hmm. up front. So I was like, well, here's what I want to charge. Here's what it's worth to me. Yeah. And they hired me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the other ones did. It would be nice to know, yeah. uh, you know, what the other quotes came in at, but, um, yeah. So I don't know. It seems so confusing. I hope this is making sense to everybody. Yeah, for sure. But. Yeah. No, and, well, and, and again, it, it does depend. And, and it's almost a, uh, <laughs> there isn't any standard. It's like, well, how much is portrait photography? It's like, the, it's it's, so you have to diagnose, to you have to right. diagnose. Um, my last question is actually coming from the mastermind group. Again, this is being broadcast live into the mastermind group, um, before it goes on air to the podcast, uh, you know, a month or two later, but, uh, there's someone who's asking, and I think it's a great question and it's something you've already mentioned. Um, Pili's in the mastermind group and she was saying, you know, she had a commercial client and she did the job. She did some headshots, maybe some environmental portraits, and it was a done deal. Right. And then later they came back and they wanted to use the images kind of all a cart now for a billboard. Right. Mm. Um, and so she's curious how to go about pricing something that's like an add on kind of similar to what right. happened with AT&T. They bought a couple images, three images, and then came back mm-hmm. to you later and like, well, now we'd like to license these other images. Is there any advice or, or kind of standard operating procedure for that? Is that a common thing that we should be ready to have happen as commercial photographers? Yeah. So well, that's one reason I like to ask them up front in the call you know, how are you planning on using them? But, you know, maybe they didn't know. They got this amazing image and they're like, wow, this would look amazing on a billboard. So I think it's just to decide for yourself, like, what is that worth it to me? I know traditionally in advertising, the photographer would usually charge a percentage of the ad spend. So if you can, like, Mm. I haven't done this, but if you can find out like how much you're spending to have that billboard, 
it's like thousands of dollars <laughs> to yeah, have your really like on a billboard, right? 30, 10 to 30,000 or something yeah, a month. Right. Typically yeah. is, is what I've yeah. seen. I'm sure it varies greatly if you're yeah, like in right, New York. Depending <laughs> on where you're at. Yeah. yeah. So traditionally the photographer would charge a percentage of that, like ah. through, through an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just go with the royalty free. I'm like, here's the session. Here's your photos. Do whatever you want with them yeah. in your business. So, yeah. but knowing it's going to be on a billboard, kind of makes you realize how valuable your photos are, you know, as opposed to like one social media post or something. Right. But that's the potential that this commercial photography has to help a business make money. So it should be more expensive than a wedding (laughs) or whatever, you know? So So just thinking about the value that you are giving people there. Here's what I'm hearing you say is that what you tend to do is you tend to diagnose as much as possible upfront to understand what is the use, how, what is the mm-hmm. time, what is the profit, what is the opportunity for the client, how big is the company, um, and then you give them a royalty-free price based off of all of this information. Right. And then yeah. the other way that you could go about doing it is, well, you're going to price a la carte. You're going to price for the session, the time, maybe mm-hmm. a, a rights managed, and then anything that they want on top of it is going to be per image additionally being charged out. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And I know some photographers who just do it just like a portrait session. They're like, here's like a $500 session fee. I'll create your images and then we'll sell them after. But for me, I found so much of the work is on the back end that I didn't want to do that. I'm like, I'm just spending hours and hours with you before we even take any pictures. So if you're going to go that route, charge a pretty hefty session fee Mm -hmm. so that you're compensated for your time. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether they buy anything or not. Right. So, yeah. but there, here's a perfect example of what you're saying. So I have one client, they're commercial real estate agents. And every year they hire me to do, we do like a billboard and then a picture for a print ad. That's basically all they want. Um, but a lot of times we have to do a lot of retouching. It's like a group. I know what's going on a billboard. So I would charge them the same amount for those like three or four photos as I would for that coaching client. Mm that wants just a bunch of photos for their social media, Mm. Um, which that one's actually more work. (laughs) So, but you know, it's a small, it's a, you know, one lady doing her coaching business. Um, I know it's not going on a huge billboard uh, and I still get paid a chunk of money, you know, several thousand dollars, um, but they're kind of different things, but they're getting what they want and I'm getting what I want. So, I hope that makes sense. Well, yeah, it is. So value-based pricing is a, is a challenging concept because it's not always, it goes both ways. Value-based mm-hmm. pricing is, is when you determine the value that the client uh, gets to receive on the other end and you price accordingly to that. And then mm-hmm. I say it goes both ways because if it's a big company, a la AT&T, and they're going to make $100,000 off your image and you were to value-based price them, you would charge them mm-hmm. a whole lot more. Yeah. But it goes both ways because you mm-hmm. could have a client who's maybe a personal brand uh, coach or something like that. It's an individual. They're not making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're wanting some headshots done and they don't fully see the value because their Great. iPhone's fine also. Mm-hmm. And so they're not quite willing to pay as much. They don't value it as yeah. much. And so you can't yeah. quite charge them, yeah. but it may be a lot more well, work. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't take, you know, I tell people my price and a lot of times they're like, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And so sometimes they will go to another photographer, but for me, it's not worth my time to show up and do all this work for less than a few thousand dollars. Yep. You know? like, yep, for so, sure. yeah. uh, so just knowing that for yourself, right when I started, I worked for like 500 bucks so hard, but I was just starting out. You know, I look back at those pictures. I'm like, Oh, those were so bad. And I didn't know what I was doing. You know? So there's, I think there's room for everyone just knowing where you're at in that journey and what it's worth to you and being educated on some of these things. So you're not going in totally blindly um, when you're quoting prices for businesses. I think it's just important to know, you know, what there, there's no standard, right? I was like, what's the industry standard? I'm like, I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> charging something different, but knowing what it's worth to you yeah. uh, and what it's worth to your client, you know, it's helping them make money. So, yeah. And it sounds like maybe ASMPM is in mother ASM 
Let me Google that. Real yeah, quick. that's correct. It, um, mm. it seems like that can be a great uh, place to to take a look at um, as as people are researching this. So um, yeah, Mercy, this has been awesome. It's been great just to get an idea of all the ways that that, that you can go about doing this kind of stuff. Um, Tanya, where can people learn more about licensing their imagery? Uh, imagery? Um, commercial photography, brand photography, where can they find out more from you? Yeah, sure. So like I said, I have a course specifically for people who want to work with these, you know, small corporations, yeah. personal brands, and that's at workstoryeducation.com. And sometimes that URL is a little bitchy. So if you can't find it there, just go to workstorycreative.com and there's a tab for education on there. So, um, and a lot of my students there have already kind of taken a branding photography course or they've been a photographer for a long time and the value they've found in this is the marketing section because mm. the marketing for this type of client is a lot different than a portrait and wedding photographer like we're looking for them in different places they want different things uh you know they want to save time they want it to be done quickly they want you to do all the thinking for them um you know there's just different things that they need and so um that's a lot of the value in that course is just how to get clients, Yeah, you know, once you decide you want to do branding photography. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like, not only is the pricing, the pricing, the licensing, uh, all different. I mean, working with negotiators and ad agencies, yeah. but then the marketing component is also mm -hmm. so widely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. So <laughs> totally makes yeah. sense. Right. Take and then it. I don't know when you're going to air this on your podcast, but I have a free um, workshop coming up about branding. So yeah. it's not about photography, but it would be great for photographers. Um, and it's all about how to attract your ideal clients with your brand image, all the different things you can do to make sure you're not getting those cheap people <laughs> yeah. that waste your time, you know, like, um, so that's, uh, at workstorycreative.com forward slash workshop. And that's going to be totally free and a great thing for any photographer to, uh, learn about. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya, for being here today, sharing so openly with us. We really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, workstoryeducation.com is the place to go to workstoryeducation.com. If, if you want to check out the workshop, uh, if you're catching this later down the road, it could also be a replay of that potentially. Workstoryeducation. Uh, it was workstorycreative.com, um, workstoryeducation.com forward slash workshop. Podcast listeners, thank you again for being here today. Can't wait to see you in the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep showing up.